Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast, the podcast where we go back in time and watch the earliest seasons of The Amazing Race. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jill. And we're here today to talk about season one, episode seven. Now, Jill, how would you describe this episode in a few words? Um, in a few words. Yeah. Just random words or do you want a sentence? Adjectives. Adjectives. Chaotic. Yeah. Emotional question mark and directionally based. <laughs> wow. What about you? I would say it's unfun, uncomfortable. <laughs> I think it, w- it was a hard episode to watch. I mean, I think the first half was good, but the second half was quite difficult. It was. It really was. This is the first time The Amazing Race is going to Asia. Yeah, seven episodes into the first season. And we are, what have, so we've gone to, started in North America, went to Africa. We've been in Europe, back to, or sorry, back to Africa, back to Europe, and now Asia. Yeah, this felt like the first real culture shock that we've seen for a lot of teams. Yes. And I think it was, it was probably pretty groundbreaking in 2001. Probably a lot of people's, of the viewers' introduction to India and or that kind of culture, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, the show is shot in a very, uh, this is not specific to India, this is specific to everywhere. The show is shot in a very specific way in which you're exposed to the geography of the places very naturally as a person on the street rather than i'd say a tourist you don't get a lot of the glamour like you see teams sleeping in airports you see teams struggling to get on trains everywhere it's not glamorized in a sense so i feel like you see places in a very specific light like even i'm thinking back to like episode one new york city it is just the equipment they're filming on but it's so gray and it just looks so like miserable yeah, it's a lot more real than you would see in a movie about India or New York City or any of these locations that are going on. And exactly. even seasons of The Amazing Race, it's not like this little cute bubble. No. Um. So let's get into the episode then. Yeah. So we open with the same thing that we closed with last week of just interviews of everybody. Um. And there's this shot of them at the beginning where everyone's at the t- same table except for Joe and Bill. They're really still hammering on about this <laughs> narrative of the Guidos being the, the bad, bad team. Yeah, and something that I thought was interesting, and we were talking about last week, how we were looking forward to discussion about the non-elimination and team's reaction to the non- non-elimination, but there was no discussion whatsoever about it. No one seemed to care, or maybe maybe if there was a reaction, it just wasn't big enough to put on camera to include in the cut, but you'd think it would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that was really strange to me. So Frank and Margarita start at 3.30 a.m. And we have a detour right off the bat. But they go for the fast forward. Yes, they do go for the fast forward, which we haven't we haven't seen for how many episodes? Three? I want to. Yeah, I think three is about right. Yeah, it's made a mysterious comeback here. And their fast forward is they have to get to Ferrara Castle or something, which I forget how far it is from their pit stop. They have to go to this castle, get in a little boat and row around in the moat of this castle and the clue is shoved in the walls of this castle correct yes it's actually it it didn't seem too difficult for them yeah i I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult because i thought it was going to be actually like hidden within the walls but it's literally just sticking straight out in plain sight it's very yeah very obvious also something i I, maybe you picked up on that shocked me is frank speak italian because he was like 
Yeah, he just, just conversing with. He just pulled that out out of nowhere. I know. I was quite impressed. Yeah. And can I say, I feel like Frank has seriously had a, like a character turnaround where the first, first, first couple episodes, he was very intense and screaming. And now he's talking about needing to get away from the negative energy and is much more calm, I found. I'm here for it, though. Just go where there's only good vibes and good energy. You know, don't you don't need to get mixed up in all the drama. Yeah, I think I think he's a lot more likable these past few episodes than at the beginning, because I really was not a fan of his at the beginning. But I mean, that that really kind of concludes the arc of Frank and Margarita in this episode. Do we want to say where the fast forward tells them to go or do we want to wait a little bit? No, you can say. So, yeah, so they get that clue, I think, before any of the other teams really um, start their detour to asks because the detour takes a little bit longer and the clue sends them to to a ho i forget the name of the hotel just near the taj mahal in agra in india so they basically they do that they're off and we really don't see them at all again in the race except for like one little cutaway while the other teams are talking about them and they're like oh you know the people at the fast forward have such a lead on us and it just shows frank and margarita sitting having drinks on this like hill overlooking the taj mahal yeah, I feel like if there's going to be a, uh, a time to take a fast forward, this was definitely the best one. I think they're the most advantage to take the fast forward than the past ones. Especially if, you know, half of this, the issue or the scenarios in this come from traveling to another country. So if you can get that lead on, you know, getting ahead and getting to another country, your your 12 hours is putting you ahead by so much. No, yeah, exactly. It seemed like they were way ahead. And sorry, just to go back, the the clue for the fast forward was an amazing piece of poetry. I don't know if you, if you picked up on this, but it reads, beside this castle lies a moat to find this fast forward hop in a boat. <laughs> Sorry, is that poetry or Dr. Seuss? It's poetry. To me, this moved people around the world. This changed lives, including my own. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's poetry so much as a, just a rhyme. <laughs> no. You know, on two lines. We can cut this, but what that reminded me of is Harold was hungry, a hungry bear. What? Hungry Harold. That yeah. rings a distant bell. That was my poem that I wrote in grade six for Speakers Club. <laughs> oh. I don't know why, but that's what that reminded me of. And just like the simplest rhyme scheme you could think of. I think you should leave this in. I forgot about it. <laughs> oh, but I don't, people won't know what, what I'm talking about. I think the context of Harold is hungry, a hungry bear, and you doing that for Speakers Club in grade six is all the, the viewers or the listeners need to know. Okay, sure. Anyway, so that's Frank and Margarita's storyline <laughs> pretty much from start to finish. So let's do a little rewind back to the detour where the other teams are starting out. Yes. So the detour. Okay, hold on. Before we fully get into that, I want to talk about how Nance and Emily started at 4.59 a.m. and Lenny and Karen started at 5 a.m. I now know. I think this goes into my theory last episode where they couldn't figure out who to really eliminate or how to deal with the production difficulty because I don't think there's any way that they legitimately finish one minute apart. So instead they just said, okay, you're going to go one minute after the last team? Yeah, just to make it like so they're starting at the same time because they really didn't know who, <laughs> who to eliminate, you know? Fair. So yeah, they just put them one minute behind them. So the detour right off the bat, which correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think a detour straight off the bat is a little... Is, is unheard of because usually it's a route mm -hmm. info isn't it usually it is more route info yeah to send you somewhere i don't i don't i wouldn't say it's like unheard of but i think it's definitely rare rarer so the detour is a choice between glide or ride where glide is you can take a plane but it's first come first serve only one team can do it as a time and it'll take a little bit longer i suppose than the other option which is ride 
where you have to bike to the train station. So the goal is to get to a train station. It's just the means in which you choose to get there. For Glide, there's two planes. One is like a, I think has an engine. And so one team member sits in there. And that plane is pulling this other, honestly, really kind of dinky looking plane, which I don't even know if it has an engine, but it's just kind of being pulled along. And then at some point that plane, the plane that's pulling it detaches the line and then that other plane just kind of free falls down to the ground. It sounds ridiculous, but the upside to that task, even though you can only go one at a time, is then from there you are directly driven to the train station. Where with the biking one, I think you have to bike eight kilometers or something. And you have to, yeah, you have to navigate yourself with with the map. But that yeah. plane thing, I've never seen anything like that. It's like it reminded me of tubing, but with a plane, you know, <laughs> it's being pulled. I don't trust it. I re- like my fear of heights aside. I don't trust any of the engineering of that task i would just rather bike eight kilometers that's the that's easy yeah so here there's we get the the idea of you could have a super cool experience but it could put you behind and nancy and emily bring this up or you could do like a more mundane task like biking and then get there faster i think this is something that i would kind of grapple with on the race because i would want to do the more thrilling or like the cooler experience or something that i wouldn't be able to do normally but i wouldn't want to risk being put behind that's fair but, but if we if we ended up doing glide, I need you to know that I would be the one in the plane with an engine. I'm not free falling that's, through yeah, the sky. Yeah, it's more fun. The person who is free falling seemed to have a lot more fun. All right. If that's if that's how you want to see it, I'm fine with that. So let's go to Nancy and Emily, who right at the beginning of the leg, they seem very defeated. Yes. And just exhausted about always being in the back of the pack, talking about how every leg they think that they're they're going to be the ones eliminated or the next leg they're going to get eliminated. They're just filling the room with negative energy here. And I mean, it would be hard. You'd be so beaten, just always fighting to stay. Like, they've kind of had no reprieve of coming in a... They've done okay, but they've never been in first, really, in that sense of... Have they? No, they haven't been in first, right? I think the best they did was they got second in the the desert leg, I think. Yes, yes. But I mean, if you're doing that and you don't have that... If you never have that break of just not having to worry about if you're going to be out rather than just worrying about if you're first or second or third, like, that would be exhausting. Yeah. So everybody chooses to do the bikes except for Brennan and Rob and Kevin and Drew who do the plane one. And there's not really much to report on with this bike situation other than Nancy and Emily seem to to struggle with riding the bikes. <laughs> yeah, there's I think Emily has a line of something like my legs are too short. Oh yeah. And then there's there's the one scene where there I think maybe it's Emily who just goes completely off the road and is just um, going down in the grass. On the topic of detours, I feel like this one was better, slightly, would you say then, I mean, we didn't even discuss last week's, that that shows how we felt about it, but would you say this one was definitely better? Yeah, I guess so. But still, I like this, this detour is more of just what means of transportation are you going to take? It's not as so as much of a task. That's true. Yeah, I would say it was okay. Again, it w- it wasn't the most entertaining detour I've ever seen. Yeah. So we go over to the the plane side of the detour, and not much really happens here other than we have a quote from I think I think it's Kevin, maybe it's Drew, who when he's getting into the plane, he goes, "You got a cappuccino in here." Stereotypical Italian things. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and he, he's really, Yeah. He's he's really squished into this plane as well. Well, is it the glider or the both of the the glider and the actual plane are incredibly tiny? Like oh. fear of heights aside, I would be claustrophobic beyond belief. So just all around, this is not not the one for you. No. Do you have anything else for this detour on 
with either parts of it. Yeah, the, like you said, there was a little bit of trouble from the bike riding stuff, but there wasn't anything major that stuck out. I think what we're going to get to is kind of where things really started to pick up a bit, which was, you know, as we mentioned, Franco Margarita end up in Agra, but uh, the teams are first sent to Delhi. So they complete the task and they have to get to Delhi in India. So that's kind of the next thing is there's this big debate over whether... um because they're not near any major airport when they complete these tasks. So it's this debate over, should they go to Milan or should they go to Rome? And where will you get a flight quicker? Yeah, so Joe and Bill and Robin Brennan both choose to go to Rome. But Kevin and Drew decide, why don't we call the airports and see which has a faster flight? And I'm thinking, why didn't everybody do that before? I know. But what's funny is there when we will talk about there's kind of this little funny situation with the three teams who end up going to Milan in the train. But in the end, doesn't matter which airport they go to. Yeah, all the teams have a connecting flight through Copenhagen, and they they are all on the same flight to Delhi. Yeah, and when Joe and Bill are asking when they're in Italy and they're trying to find the closest airport, they ask the closest international airport. Though <laughs> I mean, they're they're doing well with their Italian. It's just <laughs> I feel like the international airport and international, like saying international in a completely American accent, and the yeah. airport defeats the purpose a little bit. You know, good for them. They know more Italian than me, probably. I think, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good quotes in this episode. I thought again, that's really that's, I didn't mark down any. Oh, I thought I was loving these quotes. I thought the first yeah. the first half of the episode, at least. So we get this really interesting and fun situation where Kevin is on um, the phone trying to book book their flights for all the uh, Milan. We should preface that it's Kevin and Drew now. Nancy and Emily and uh, Lenny and Karen are all kind of together in a pack and he's trying to book tickets for all six of them. Meanwhile, the train that's going to take them to the airport is pulling up to the station and about to leave. While he's on the phone talking, trying to get these flights booked, everybody else is trying to hold up the train. <laughs> my, what am I, I did have, well, actually, that's a lie. I had one quote from here and it was, it was, I think Kevin's actually, yeah, or yeah, Kevin's on the phone because he just yells to, I think, Karen or something he's like tell drew to make a scene drew make a scene and then karen's then yelling that to drew drew make a scene because <laughs> kevin's like he'll hold up the train like he's got yeah, it he's good at that kind of stuff and also when kevin is on the phone and they're all just standing there there's a kevin goes do you guys want some tic tacs and then kevin goes drew drew you gotta go outside i can't hear what she's saying this was it was like it was a mix of comedy gold here and also intense anxiety i actually had to turn the sound off for a bit on my laptop because the anxiety it was too much for me watching this unfold seriously i i just i had to have faith that they were going to go get on their train it was it was very exciting i will it have was. to say that so everybody goes to copenhagen like you said and from there they're on their way to delhi as karen says yeah delhi the <laughs> so the clue sends them to a market in delhi yeah and we're back here with the same sped up footage that we had last time for the way to the market i don't know why this bothers me so much it should not bother me this much but it does that's fair though it's not not an aesthetic choice for everyone no so yeah everybody makes their way to the market and then once they get there it is the roadblock unless you have any notes for the journey there yeah no i think we can just get right into the roadblock so what is the clue for the roadblock again it's something about who's good with directions, right? Yeah, so it's for a person with a good sense of direction. And yes, Jill, that's you. And which is, yeah, the same as last week's roadblock, which was had to do with navigation and directions. So the task is to hire a rickshaw driver to take them to a specific shop in a busy market, to which the man at the shop will show them a model of the Taj Mahal and give them their clue, which states to go to the Taj Kima Hotel. 
See, I didn't understand this task in the sense that it's asking for someone who's good with directions, but they literally just hired a driver who took them where they needed to. They had no map. They weren't in charge of any of the directions, really. The most that some people had to do was just talk to a lot of people on the street to try and figure out where to go to this shop. So, yeah, I don't know what what kind of navigation was required here. None, really. Nothing else really happens in this market here. I wouldn't say there's any big schmoz. I'd say the intensity of the episode starts when all the teams come back and meet up with their team partner and then have to get to the Taj Mahal, which is in Agra and they're in Delhi. Yeah, I will say, though, that this roadblock does seem very overwhelming. It does. But it's in a very crowded market. That's very yeah, busy. A foreign land where not many people speak English. It's Nancy, especially, was, was struggling with this. So everybody completes the roadblock and they go back to their partners in the taxi and they have to try and figure out where the Taj, Taj, what is it called? Taj something hotel? Kima? Taj Kima Hotel, yeah. And see, everyone was kind of trying to ask taxi drivers or locals or residents where the Taj Kima is, where's the Taj Kima Hotel. I feel like they would have had better luck finding people who knew where they were supposed to go if they had just started with Taj Mahal. I agree. I don't know why that's not what people were doing because unless they, they just weren't sure that that was the Taj Mahal that they were shown. You'd think though. I mean, Bill and Joe... I think we're the ones who kind of had a leg up here because one of them, I forget who, he just knew instantly that they would have to go to Agra and it wasn't yep. going to be in Delhi. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the conflict this episode comes with trying to figure out how to get to this hotel where a lot of the teams are in their taxis and there's a lot of chaos around them. It's a very busy street. They're trying to ask the locals where to go. Not many people people speak English. I have to say, I think a lot of the the footage and the filming was done with not not the best taste. A lot of it did feel kind of exploitative with the way that they were filming just like the, these children on the street. It, yeah, I would say it wasn't in an ethical manner. No, I don't think so at all. But again, this is this is 2001 here. Just to add to that, I know for a fact that, you know, in most places, I think where the rules could be different for reality TV, I I. I wouldn't imagine they're too different, though. But for most any sort of media that's filmed in Canada, in the U.S. especially, probably throughout most of the world, actually, if you're on camera for the rule of thumb longer than three seconds, but just basically if you're on any camera long enough that you can be identified by your face mm. on any sort of media, they typically the show or the producer needs permission of that individual to be on camera. And that was something that was just shown a complete disregard for here. Yeah, there's no way they were getting these people to sign a release because there were so many people just shown with their, their faces here. For an extended period of time on the camera. Yeah. So yeah, this is where a lot of the uncomfiness or the uncomfortability, I think, comes in the episode. Discomfort? Discomfort. <laughs> yeah, that, that would... Uncomfortability? Uncomfortability. Put it in the dictionary. No, can I just... I'm sorry to tangent here. It scares me how much I've heard that word in the past couple weeks. Uncomfortability. Put put it in the dictionary. Is that in the dictionary? I don't know. Give me a second. Uncomfortable is a word. And discomfort, what is uncomfortability, is in... I'm not going to trust... Yeah, no. I would say uncomfortability is not a word because this looks like a very sketchy Wikipedia article that doesn't look real. Discomfort and uncomfortable are words. Yeah, well, yeah, I would I would say discomfort is probably a little bit more appropriate. So there's a grammar lesson. <laughs> yeah, a little, little side note there. So yeah, a lot of the, the discomfort comes with this where a lot of people are getting fed up because the locals don't really know English well. And I think a, a root of this problem is probably the cameras, where I think even at one point the camera's like on a little boy and he's like talking about, oh, I'm going to be in a movie or something. 
So I think that's where a lot of this like crowding stemmed from. But it's, you know, it's, we, I think we brought this up before, maybe episode one or two, but it's, again, that thing of reality TV is just not a thing at this time. And it's, you don't have iPhones and other smartphones the way we do now. So a camera is a spectacle anywhere. It's something I find quite funny, though. It's especially, I mean, this is modern. I'm talking in modern times. Everyone has a camera. Everyone has a cell phone. But the minute you have an actual digital camera or even a film camera out, people still get weird. And it, it, nobody's, nobody thinks about the fact that everyone carries a camera. Everyone has a cell phone. But the minute they see a photography camera, a, a film camera, they just get so weird. It, it's just, it's weird. It's just crazy. Crazy to me. Are you speaking from like experience here of your you filming stuff? Yeah, and it's something that we talk about quite a bit actually because you'll go somewhere to try and film and you'll have a, your digital camera and the employees or whatever will come over and be like, oh, like, what are you doing? Like, is, is this, you know, they just get so weirded out and they kind of get uncomfortable. And you're kind of like, sir, like everyone here has a cell phone. Everyone yeah. could be doing the exact same thing. The only difference is I've got a, a digital camera that's bigger with a lens on. That's true. Because, yeah, I, I was thinking, like, I guess with the big digital camera, it's more of like a serious thing. It's probably going to be broadcast to a lot more people. But people are posting videos on social media with their phones <laughs> that are probably going to get a lot more views than something that's on a big digital camera. Exactly. Everyone has a camera nowadays. But for some reason, people are still just... And I mean, I'm kind of... I guess I'm used to cameras. I don't react to them anymore. Like, I just... They're normal. But that's something I, th I think not enough people are aware of. You know, don't, don't get weirded out by the digital camera that's shooting a very specific frame over there when like the 20 people standing <laughs> around you all have cameras as well that's true that's that's a good point i don't know that's just what that kind of makes me think of too so do you want to talk about nancy and emily in the taxi i do feel i feel for them because i think you know even at the start of the episode we were discussing how they're already kind of tired and overwhelmed and i think you just get to a point where you just want a break and i think that's kind of what they they hit that breaking point here where they just need a break. They just need to be alone in like in the quiet, have time to rest and recuperate and eat and just sit. And they're not able to get that. Yeah. So they're in a taxi. There's a lot of locals crowding around their taxi. They're trying to ask for directions and ask for directions. And nobody's really helping them because like a language barrier is is obviously a huge thing here. And yeah, it gets it gets a little intense. <laughs> they're both they're both crying and just completely overwhelmed. And this was really hard to watch for for several reasons the list you want to list the reasons <laughs> well that well one of the reasons being there was a little bit of insensitivity towards the locals was one of the reasons true and just watching people break down like this you can tell they're just emotionally exhausted and completely overwhelmed is hard to watch you know it was definitely it's like you're witnessing someone's breaking point and yeah, we also see this with Lenny and Karen. Karen flips out on her taxi driver a bit. She flips out on, on Lenny saying that he does nothing. And Lenny is he's just he's just been a punching bag his entire time. Lenny will just yell at him and he just he just remains quiet. Karen will yell at for him. Lenny. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely you, you like I said, you just saw people's breaking points. You saw people at the end of the line. Yeah, so this whole scene of teams trying to get to the pit stop is a mess. Do you have anything else before we get to the, the pit stop here? I No, I, I don't. I feel like other than those two teams, the others kind of figured it out. They got to the pit stop, whatever. Moving on to the pit stop, I will say this is probably one of my favorite pit stops. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's on a hill overlooking the Taj Mahal in the distance. It's 
it's yeah breathtaking yeah and just to talk about frank and margarita's advantage it was like broad daylight when they got there but all the other teams are checking in at night so i'm interested to see what their time lead will be like how much time they have on the team who's in second bill and joe yes no robin no bill and joe robin brennan are third then yeah Yeah, i'm interested to see how much time they have on them because i feel like it's going to be quite a bit yeah i feel like i feel like that would be yeah the most significant gap that we've seen thus far but we don't really see any of the teams' journey or how well they're doing versus the other teams this is where it would be nice to have the currently in third place currently in fourth place or whatever because coming out of the roadblock i think lenny and karen were the second ones out of the roadblock and they end up being the ones eliminated so when teams were coming to the pit stop it was pretty much just random luck like we had no idea who was going to be coming next no i and i mean i don't mind it at this point especially i think in the second to last elimination you know the camera you can see two figures approaching the pit stop but it's out of focus and it's in the dark so you just know that there's two people there and it's kind of building that anticipation of who's it going to be who's it going to be who's going to be safe and it is nancy and emily they stay in the race so i liked that it added to the the dramatic effect that was good camera work but i actually thought i thought this was nancy and emily's last leg i thought they were done but me too yeah because nancy and emily really seem to be struggling the most I think for them, it's going to be get a good sleep, have a good meal, rest, relax, and be ready for the next leg. Yeah. So yeah, Joe and Bill are in second, Robin Brennan in third, Kevin and Drew in fourth, Nancy and Emily in fifth. And we see that Lenny is is sick here. He's he's throwing up or something outside the car. Oh, I, I actually missed that. I don't know how yeah. I did, but I... So yeah, ultimately, Karen and Lenny are eliminated. And this is the most brutal post-elimination interview we've seen this season, where Karen is absolutely just going in <laughs> on... on on Lenny and their relationship. I don't want to get too personal because at the end of the day, this is someone's <laughs> life. But to me, it sounded like a breakup. It totally was. Yeah. So, yeah. We, we pretty much see them decide that the relationship is over in, in this moment. I mean, we could be wrong too. Like, I'm not going to go research this, you know, whatever yeah. they wanted to do after the show is totally up to them and I'm not going to be nosy. But it was, yeah, very, honestly, almost too yeah, It was like, wow, what a, what a way to end the, their race. Yeah. Yeah, Karen says that she feels like she gave 110% every minute of the race and she feels like that Lenny didn't. And Lenny just stands there. It's not great. So they're eliminated. We're down to our final five now looking to next week. Um, we're staying in India. That'll be fun. I think so. Do we have do you have any predictions for for the coming weeks? Cuz we still have two non-eliminations to get through with five teams left. Yeah, and I mean, okay, Robin Brennan have used the fast forward, correct? Yes. So, out of the five teams left, the have the Guidos used no. fast forward? So Guidos haven't used it and Nancy and Emily. You know, I think this next leg, I think Nancy and Emily might play the fast forward, but I I don't feel like they're going to, or maybe they won't. I, I kind of feel like they're going to be eliminated. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's the, the four that are in the lead have done exceedingly well this whole race. And I feel like they're going to be the ones that it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm thinking a final three of Robin Brennan, Joe and Bill and Frank and Margarita. That's what I'm thinking. I see. I don't, I can't pick a final three yet with like them and Kevin, Kevin and Drew, because they all do so well and they all kind of can surprise, like they all kind of can come on top of each other very surprisingly. Yeah, that's true. I could, yeah, I could see Kevin and Drew being in the final three, but who knows really. But are, are they going to do a non elimination leg next week? Do you think, it, I feel like it's going to be a pattern of like non elimination leg, elimination, non elimination, elimination? I think so, probably. Because I mean, didn't you read up so that there has to be two more or maybe there's just one more? Well, no, because they say last episode, they said it was the first of three non-elimination legs right so they need to just use them up essentially yeah i do think next week though that nancy and emily will be eliminated for good yeah i think i can't see them lasting very long they're just absolutely 
spent. Don't blame them though. I don't. And blame also, them. there was the thing with it where the the people wouldn't sell them tickets because over like sexism. That was a thing. Yes. So this is a in a preview to next week. In the narration, it says that Nancy and Emily encounter issues because they are trying to buy tickets, but the ticket vendor will not sell to either of them because they are women. So that will be part of next week's episode. Yeah. But yeah, I think other than that, there's nothing really else yeah, to add. That that was it for this episode. Again, it was it was quite heavy. Not not the most fun episode, I thought, but No, definitely not. Yeah, especially after how great last week's was. But as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Amazing Race Rewind or send us an email at Amazing Race Rewind at gmail.com. We love to hear from yes. you. And with that, we'll see you next week for episode eight. All right, bye.